Welcome into Two Foreign Drafts. Austin Gale here with Mike Renner. We are still in Indianapolis, live from the 2020 NFL Scouting Combine. Talked to a lot of people again today. So yeah. the podcast, this is going to be a short little intro, and then we just got to dive into what we've done. So, But how's the experience been for you so far, Mike? You know how the experience has been for me so far. Been awesome. <laughs> you can't even speak right now. Yeah, lost my voice. From- we got some really good stories with Connor Rogers. Mike was out late, pretty late. L- late last night? Late-ish. Late-ish. 3 a.m.? Yeah, maybe a little late. Oh, man. <laughs> Tough morning for Mike Renner here in Indy. But we One talked morning, to we I talk, got in the afternoon. <laughs> talked to Connor Rogers yeah. from Bleacher Report and um blanking on the other guy. No, no. Charles McDonald. Charles me. McDonald, yeah. I talk, well New Mike Mike wasn't there for the yeah, interview. You talked to Charles McDonald. Mike wasn't there for the interview with Charles McDonald. Schedule it too early for Renner at eleven AM. I don't know how you couldn't have joined that. I don't know why you My voice there. was gone anyway, it wouldn't have been good. All right. Well, we talked to Charles McDonald, got a lot of good giant stuff. He's on the Giants beat now. We talked to him and then with Connor Rogers, we talked to a lot of combine Some measurements, corners. cornerbacks. He really likes this cornerback class. Mm-hmm. Doesn't like Mackay Beck. In a lot, and I think we're on the same board here. Yeah, which is good. Which is good. So definitely tune into that, and and we'll be with more podcasts throughout the weekend. All right, we're here with Charles McDonald, senior NFL writer with New York Daily News. Great to have you on the pod. I wish I could say Mike Renner was next to us, but I think he's sleeping in for reasons we really can't dive into right now. But it's great to have you on the pod. Yeah, I think like most of us, Indianapolis has gotten the best of Mike. Uh, <laughs> it's a miracle that I'm here and it, my voice is still here. But you know, it's been a fun week. Uh, it's my first week here as like a full-time uh, beat writer. I cover the Giants and the Jets for the Daily News. So it's been a, a bit of a different experience uh, than the past few times I've been here. But it, it's all it, it's all in good fun. You're just getting better and, and you know, just being able to meet new people, uh, especially like the Giants coaching staff and stuff like that. It, it's been a great journey so far. Yeah, we were talking about it a little bit before we started recording, but it sounds like it's a, a little bit of a different grind being a beat reporter as opposed to kind of the content you're putting out. I've been following you. For quite some time, I think you put out some great content. How did you get started doing this kind of stuff, doing doing media and doing these things? You know, it, it's a it's a really funny story. But I remember one night, I was uh, I was in bed and I was just like scrolling through some uh, some Bleach Report articles, some hot takes or what? It, it, well, I'm, so yeah, for people who don't know, I'm a unfortunately Falcons fan. So I remember this was like prior to the 2015 season, and I was reading this article that said like, could Jalen Collins be the next Richard Sherman? And I was sitting there, I was like, yo, I could write that. Like, <laughs> like if that could get on Bleach Report, I think I could do that. So I remember I made a Twitter account. I started tweeting about the draft. And uh, I, I tried my hand, like, some writing gigs, and it just really kind of picked up for me. So uh, I just started Daily News in October. I was with SB Nation for, like, a year and a half before that. And before that, I was doing, uh, like, freelance stuff for Bleach Report, Football Outsiders. So, you know, the past three years have been really good for my career. Uh and it just it's just kind of cool to see how this is taking off when really I it started by me thinking, you know, I I could be a football writer, so <laughs> I did it. That's great to hear. Jalen Mills next uh, Richard Sherman. That's funny. Um, well, I really want to talk more about this process now that you are with New York Daily News. Give me what you know about you know like who the Giants are looking for, what you've heard on on the beat. I know you've talked to Derek Brown a little bit, but you know what what are you seeing with that number four overall pick? It's been talked about a ton, but from your perspective, Giants targets things like that. Uh. You know, they're in a position where you know, they, they went 4-12 and last year, so obviously they're not a very good team, uh, and they kind of need everything. Uh, but there's a bit of a, a difference in the way that Dave Gettleman has run things in the past and, and the New England style of drafting that Joe Judge is coming from, where, you know, Dave has made it very apparent, even this year and in the past, we're staying put where we are. We're taking the, the top guy on the board, regardless of position, unless it's like, you know, a quarterback and we already have one of those guys. Uh, so, you know, when you think about the fourth pick in the draft, you think about elite players, you know, Jeff Okuda, if, 
if uh, you know someone trades up to three for Tua, then he's going to fall to four. Derek Brown, the defensive tackle from Auburn, Isaiah Simmons, you know, I, giving position isn't even fair from Clemson. I mean, I think we're talking about top tier defensive guys because that's where they still have the biggest issues on that side of the ball. And, you know, a, a lot of their issues last year were due to youth. And I don't know how much, you know, it realistically gets better uh, this coming year. But they got some promising guys like DeAndre Baker kind of came on at the end of the year. Julian Love had some nice snaps when he filled in for Jabril Peppers. So they, they got a few pieces there, but it's still a major rebuild. So if they want to stand pat at four and uh, and take a guy like Isaiah Simmons or take a Derek Brown, I mean, a little bit of a muddy fit with Dexter Lawrence, but, yeah. you know, it, it can never hurt to add a guy of that caliber. So I'm thinking, you know, top-tier defensive prospects. That's funny. I mean, I've mocked, and PFF's mocked a handful of times, Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb at four. We see both those players as elite players in this class, but – Giants fans are in my mentions ready to kill me if it's not offensive line, and I'm surprised you didn't bring up offensive line. What's your opinion first of maybe the Giants going after receiver? I know they have some talent there, but or is it this this move that they think they need to go offensive line? Where are you there? Well, you know, depending on who you talk to, you know, some people think uh, it, some people are leaning on you know, Derek Brown uh, or Akuda if he falls. Uh, you know, some people, if you talk to, they think, you know, it, within the Giants organization, they think we need to take a tackle at four. And when you look at they're blocking last year. <laughs> it's pretty easy to, to make a case for that. And, you know, personally, I think when you're talking about guys like Tristan Wirfs, especially, like, I would have no problem taking him number four. Like, I, I think he's that good. And he's still just scratching the surface. Yep. He's already, you know, we haven't seen him run through the drills yet, but you just watch him on tape. He's a freak. Uh, his technique's really good. I mean, we're talking about a guy who can just easily cut off backers and defensive end on the backside of of a of outside zone plays, which makes things easy for Saquon Barkley. He's a rock solid in pass protection, which, you know, that was a big issue for them uh, down the stretch. <laughs> I remember there was one game, one of the first games I covered was the Cardinals game, uh, and Daniel Jones got sacked eight times. So, you know, it, it, it's... That, it's that, Cardinals, too. I mean, right, exactly. So that's got to be a, a big position of need for them. But, you know, Dave, Dave Gettleman loves his trench guys. So on, on either side of the ball, like if they go offensive tackle or if they go Derek Brown, I, I don't think anyone should be surprised by that. Give me your opinion of Dave Gettleman. This is a guy that on Twitter can get ripped quite a bit. As much as you could say, give me your opinion today. Uh, he's funny, man. Uh, it, it's like, I don't, I don't want this to sound harsh, but it's kind of like your, your uncle that gives you sports takes. Like if he got to run, <laughs> if he got to run a team, because, right. uh, you know, Dave will come out and say, even this past year, uh, during the playoffs, he was like, you know, look at the, the, the top four rushing teams are, are all in the playoffs or something like that. Well, yeah, but they also throw the ball real well, too. You, yeah. you know, Pat, that Patrick Mahomes guy could throw the ball kind of well. Uh, the 49ers, like, they were able to engineer passing attacks. So uh, it, it's just weird because it's really easy to deconstruct everything that he says because, you know, it, he just speaks in such blank, like, like blank, broad statements that – that are, you know, by everything that we know about math and football, it's really easy to say that's not right. Yeah, and I, I think that's starting to become a little bit of a point of frustration for him. But, uh, it, you know, he's he's different than most general managers you'll meet. I'll mm-hmm. I'll say that because he's 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 a lot more honest about his his thinking. Uh, and, you know, it, it's just it's just really easy to, to sit here and talk about the moves that he makes and uh he, he's a content machine i'll say that yeah absolutely i mean covering the giants dave gelman that is a a content machine i was talking to some of the guys from mississippi state i was like dude you guys now have like a national friend with mike leach i mean a similar guy not in the same vein of football but uh, whatever but i also want to talk about daniel jones like what's your opinion of daniel jones and pff 
lower on, on him than maybe some others. We don't see that you know this accuracy gets better at the next level, and for that reason, it's hard to project him getting better. But you know, I mean, you're in this guy, you're with this guy a ton. What's your opinion of Daniel Jones? Well, I was pretty low on him coming in, to be honest with you, and I will say that he exceeded my expectations because I, to be frank with you, I, I didn't think that he was a starting caliber quarterback prospect coming out of Duke, but I, I think he showed that he could start, mm-hmm. and that's not a bad place for him to be. I, I you know, I, I kind of agree with you. Like, I'm not sure how much better this gets because he's not a guy that you, he can run, but he doesn't have like that arm strength that gives him a bigger room for error. Like, if you go back to that Packers game, you know, the, the weather was a little sloppy, but he's trying to make throws that his arm strength doesn't really let him make. And it led to a few interceptions. And, and even in other games, like I remember the, uh, he had a drop on versus the bears where he's thrown out to the flat and he gets, it gets, uh, it should have been picked six, but it gets dropped. And like, you see the, you see the limitations to his game, but uh, he's got some moments where he can, you know, really be accurate in the intermediate portion of the field. He's, he, I thought as the season went on, he did a better job of, uh, you know, buying time for himself in the pocket. And you know, he's, he's at the point by the end of the season where he plays a team like Washington and he lights them up. And I think when you look at rookie performance, if you're beating the people that you should be beating up on, I, you can That's take a the, win. That's oh, a win. I, I would agree with that. That's a win. So, you know, I, I think his floor might be a little bit higher than I thought it was. But, I agree. But the ceiling – got to see you get there and i think you know pff lower on daniel jones i think that's been known on twitter and i think we have even said similar to what your take was that his floor is higher than what we expected i think mike renner of everyone at the office was you know the highest on daniel jones and i think because because of those reasons he saw that this floor is a little bit higher than what we're saying he's not like boom or bust as maybe we kind of thought initially but i do agree that that ceiling is a little bit lower another guy i want to bring up i keep asking you opinion of these guys but joe judge i I think joe judge coming with the giants has been interesting kind of reserved guy doesn't say a lot but what is your opinion of him and and, an opinion of that higher overall i mean i have always been intrigued by the idea of special teams coaches getting head coaching jobs because you're talking about a guy that is hands-on with all 53 players on the field you know from the starting quarterback to the long snapper and everyone in between that guy is hands-on coaching them with special teams and relationships you know, right, i'm sure the relationships right. are very good right and from a from a base level of technique like you you know how to coach just about every position on the field like you may not be a savant offensive line coach or you like dante skarnecki but you have a base background of how everything works in the field and we've seen the success that john harbaugh has had just for like from a ceo administrator standpoint and i'm intrigued by it i, I think that they're uh, they're like two different joes like the one that you get in from the mic where people make fun of him because he comes across as like this military hardo football coach uh that is very disciplinarian and i think that that is true as to what he's going to implement with the giants like i don't think it's going to be the same ship that Sherman was running last year. But once you get away from the mics, like he's a pretty down to earth guy. I mean, he obviously knows a ton about football. Uh, you, you like you still get that hardo side a little bit, but he's I think he's going to be able to relate with the players better than he might portray at the mic. So I'm 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 really intrigued by it because I don't think we've seen a special teams coach get a head coaching job since Harbaugh. And that yeah. was that was 2008. So we're coming up on on, you know, 13 seasons of Harbaugh in Baltimore. So I'm 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 really excited that I get to cover this firsthand because this is something that I've personally been wanting to see for a long time. So uh, I'm excited. I, I think that the big thing for them and you know, like a lot of teams picking the top five is the roster just has to get yeah. a lot better. So I, I don't think that 
you know, if they go out and win five games this year, I don't think that that would be a huge indictment on Joe Judge unless, you know, they're losing three games because they can't call timeouts. They can't get lined up set right. But I don't really anticipate that being a problem. He seems like a really, really organized guy. Uh, you know, I, I think that there's value if Bill Belichick and Nick Saban trust you to run their special teams. And we all know, like, how much Belichick loves special teams. Like, if you ask Belichick a special teams question, he'll talk to you for days about it. And so you see the amount of care that he has on that side of the ball. And the fact that he was just going to let Joe Judge run the show, I, I think that I think that says a lot, even though, you know, your average fan might not think about, you know, kicking, punting, kickoff, kickoff yeah, yeah. return, stuff like that. I mean, it takes a special level of commitment too, like to like really get organized about special teams, knowing that even though it is the third phase is a small percentage of the plays, I think being willing to try and get better in that area, find edges in that area, I think is valuable. I want to get back to the draft when we finish up here. Assume, I know you haven't. You've watched a lot of the top guys, but who are some of your favorites in this class right now? Guys that are standing out to you, maybe that are lower on other people's boards. Uh, I don't know how. I don't know if low counts, but I really like Cam Akers out of Florida State. Really? I mean, just as a guy, like if you don't feel like taking a running back early, yeah, I, I think he's a guy that can come in and fill a role for you. I don't know if the Giants or Jets are going to take a back fairly early in this class because you got the Le'Veon Bell contract from last year, and Saquon Barkley is still, you know, as far as running back contracts go. It's a pretty sizable one. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so I, I don't know if he's going to end up in New York, but I do really like watching him play. And I think he's a guy that, you know, he's a five-star recruit coming out of, out of high school. And as he enters Florida State and as he leaves. He's going to test well. He's going to test well. And it, the problem with Florida State was it's hard to be the only guy that can really make plays. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how it's happened, but we've seen Florida State become like a, uh, an afterthought over yeah. the past couple of years. They've so really struggled in the recruiting process, I mean, after Cam Akers' offensive line especially. Right, and I, I think he's a guy that's going to benefit from better talent around him, you know, where, where he's not you know, just going up against sledgehammers. Yeah, day. Mike and I see him as an up, a guy that could, is going to rise up boards here because he's going to test well. People are going to remember this guy's a former five-star recruit, and I was looking at some of the data recently. Over the past two years, no running back in college football has been hit at or behind the line of scrimmage more than Cam Akers. This guy was getting you know, no help from that offensive line, so I think he does move up boards. But uh, thanks again, Charles. Thanks for coming on the pod. I know Mike wasn't here, but you'll get a chance to meet him. He's standing over there. Looks pretty hungover. Let's just go out and see. How you feeling, there. Mike? Good? Good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Charles, thanks again. All right, thanks for having me. All right, we're here with Connor Rogers of Leach Report, a friend of the pod. That's hey, right. This is your second time here on 2 for 1 Drafts. We're excited to have you. You heard you just got into Indianapolis. I am fresh off the plane. So you're getting, <laughs> I think, the best version of me before I'm just trending downwards with no sleep in a couple days. The best version of Mike was about three days ago. The worst yeah, version was this morning. I would argue. Maybe last night. <laughs> last night was not a great version. But Indianapolis has been great so far. Um, uh, happy to have you on. But you know, to get started, love to hear some of the, your guys in this class. We bring in a lot of analysts on here on the podcast talking about who they're higher on than others. Who are you higher on right now? Yeah, it's tough this time of year because when you look at it, I, I feel like there's so many people in draft media right now where I'm like, man, I really like that guy, but I didn't like him like that. Like mm-hmm. there was a time where like I liked Jalen Rager, and now I see a lot of wide receiver one takes. Yeah. Oh, and man. I had him in yeah. round two, and I was like, I thought I really liked him, yeah. and people are yelling at me for him not in round one. So I think that's an interesting one. There was a time where I was really conflicted and thought I would have C.D. Lamb ahead of Jerry Judy. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's the grade is going to be essentially the same. So I was really high on C.D. Lamb. Uh, I liked Lynn Bowden before he even moved to quarterback. <laughs> so it was really cool to see Lynn kind of own that position change. Got to talk to him about a week ago it was. And not only love the player, but then also love the person. Yes. So I think for Lynn, I could see him going in the third or fourth round and being that guy in the receiver class we were like, wow, he was the 14th wide receiver taken and he's the sixth best guy in the class yeah. long term. So the wide receivers is, is where I start because it's really fun. 
Uh, I don't think Tristan Wirfs needs to play guard. I think he could play yeah. tackle. So 100%. I think I think that is higher on the general consensus because every time I read something, okay. I see Tristan Wirfs needs to move to guard. He'd be a really good guard. It's like, well, he's been a good tackle, so let's see him at tackle. So I, I think those are some of the uh, higher profile players that, you know, anyone listening to the show, they've probably heard those names before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm really high on those guys. I, I like to say, though, like no matter how high you are on a player, there's some guy out Always. there with a Twitter account. Who is higher than you? Always, <laughs> and they'll let you know. Who is like he is my number one player in the draft? <laughs> yeah, like it, it oh, was... I love I love Tristan Wirfs. No, Tristan Wirfs is the best player I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, he's you, number one. You don't love him like I do. I'd take him over Joe Burrow. You don't, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. you don't love him like I do is the quote of the combine. That, that, is, that, that is definitely it. With Tristan Wirfs too, had over what thirty four inch arms. So like he had tackle, like, of that, like yeah. if you oh. try him at guard out of the gate, I think you're making a mistake. The, like the, this guy needs a swing at tackle. I think he can really play it. Yeah, they won the measurements. I know it's crazy to say won the measurements, but like. Those three tackles, Wills, Werfs, and Thomas, if you talk to anyone, really anyone, whether it's media or NFL people, they're like, we're worried about their length. And they all measured, and exactly. you're like, what were you worried Near about? Near 34 or over 34. Yeah. Like, Andrew like, Thomas, 36, I think? Or who was, no, yeah, he had 36. Thomas, yeah, 36. yeah, which are those? Real talk, like the measurements, the weigh-in, height, weight, and then measurements are like, one of the most universally important things about the combine. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. He, like a guy comes in, like who was it? Isaiah Bugs last year was like listed at 6'5", 286. He comes in at 6'3", yeah. 305. It's like that's a different dude altogether. Like, yeah. So like getting accurate stuff like that is actually valuable. Yeah, and it's curious, It's interesting to see like who's dropping weight to test well. Like I yeah. saw Ras, uh, Ross Blacklock is 290. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's trying to come out here and move, and I think he will. AJ Epinesa is down to 275. He looked 285 on film to yeah. me this year. So, and I know he's going to test extremely 290 well. 290 in some games. That guy's a hoss. <laughs> yeah. For when he was in the edge category for a while, it was like, man, I, I don't know about that. He looks almost like you know a true defensive lineman. So he's it is interesting, the measurements, person. to see how it's going to pertain out here uh, at the combine and how it changes when they get into minicamp. What are your thoughts on Epidest and kind of the edge class in general? Because people are down on it, it seems like. It yeah. seems like Chase Young, maybe Caleb on Chase on, going to get hype, probably going to go first round. But then like people are like, People are hating on it, Epinesa. People are thinking, like, maybe not any other edges after that in the first. I think it's really hard to hate on the guy because I think he's one of the higher floor that's defensive feel, yeah. prospects in the class. So that's something I've been extremely careful with and, and something we talk about on Stick to Football a lot. It's like, well, I'm lowering Epinesa because I had him 10th, 11th, or 12th, and now he's 20th or 21st. And it's because I think he'll actually be an eight-sack guy every year. I think he'll play really, really good run defense. He's a high-character player. He's a really good athlete, and I don't know when this show will come out, but he's going to prove that here. He's a Mm -hmm. really, really good athlete. He's a really good track kind of guy for his size. So Epinesa, no, I would not take him top 10, top 15. I know he's, you know, the earliest I've seen him is around 11 to the Jets. They have a big edge problem. I don't think that one actually makes a lot of sense. Fact, yeah, that doesn't make sense at all. No, yeah. scheme fit, I don't like it. For a lot of reasons, I don't like it. They have a lot bigger problems. Who did that mock? Let's call them out. Yeah, no, I know. now I need to find it and then just tweet over the show. This Where is who it was. Oh, it was you. It was you. With Chase on, I mean, he's the guy where you look at him and you're like, man, I, I can make that guy a 13-sack player. Yeah. And you love it, but there are inconsistencies there. So I'll just be very honest. This is not my favorite edge class. Uh, I got to watch yeah. a lot of gross mottos about – a week ago, and think he's really raw. And he comes here, another guy that kills the measurements. He's going to test well. Uh, you know, the ceiling is very high. But once again, he's not somebody that I think is coming in right away, and, and you see the floor is really high. He's a lot of development to, development to go. And then you have, like, Bradley Anai, who's a good day two player. Yeah. But once again, this is not – after Chase Young, it's just an okay edge group. Yeah. The interesting thing about uh, 
gross models is he's so true junior, but I think he's 22 already. Like he's oh really sneaky old junior, yeah, Yeah. sneaky old junior. (laughs) Yep. I want to talk more about the cornerback class. Measurements just came out. I know you just got off the flight. Not sure how much. Yeah, have not gotten to see them yet. Okay, okay. Well, I came straight to you guys. Read some numbers. I'll read some numbers. Let's do the surprise game right here. Some ones that I, I mean, so Christian Fulton and Cameron Dancer both came in with 30 inch arms, 30 and 5 8 inch arms. Where are you with arm length on sub 31? Where are you with arm length on corner? I'm more interested in in evaluating what GMs really value it. And Mm -hmm. I've been doing this thing. I just started a thread on Twitter that is going to update every day for the people that wanted it all in one hour. It's not happening. It's on every (laughs) team. Someone like Chris Ballard, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the corners he's drafted since he's been with the, it's just length guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it it really is. Even at linebacker. Yeah. Yeah. hunts for length. But he hasn't drafted a corner that's under six feet tall. And I think uh, two of the guys have had over 32 inch arms. So they have a certain type there. And I think it's interesting to see. I think Chris Ballard is a good GM. So I do value that in a sense. But you also told me good luck yesterday. Really? Yeah, that's pretty big. I know. I wish he would tell me that. (laughs) Although I'd be kind of like skeptical. I'd be like, why do you like what are you worried about with me? So um, I I don't know. I think it it does matter in a sense, but it also matters in your scheme. Yeah, that's a really important note. And also you can't like there's this threshold thing going around on Twitter for a lot of different things. And people have to recognize there are outliers. Like, what did Jeff Gladney come in at? That's yeah, Jeff, one I'm Jeff curious. Gladney, I think five foot ten and somewhere in there, got over two hundred pounds. And I do know he had thirty one inch arms or close to thirty two. I mean, he, he had some good arm length yeah. for a small guy. That's great for him because he was playing at maybe one eighty five at best. Yeah, he got up to two oh three or something like that. Now yeah. I'm curious how he's a four three guy. I wonder if he still runs that at two hundred pounds. But five foot ten, thirty two inch arms. And he's probably going to run the four threes. Like yeah, I, I could see him be that. that, that he's a that, phenomenal he, player. He had a very one ninety one. Oh, one, oh I thought he was over two hundred. So. Oh. Which that's, I'm okay with fine. that. Yeah, He's fine. my yeah, second yeah. favorite corner in the class. I really Denzel like that. Ward came in 183. So yeah. if we're, I will. Know, I will say I got to bring up Akuda's measurement. So six foot one, 205 pounds, 32 and five eighths inch arms, wingspan 78 and five eighths. I mean, this guy is built in a lab. That's I was just going to say. <laughs> if you're building the perfect corner prospect, you take really Jeff Akuda because he's also another really good athlete. Has the size, has the IQ at the position. I mean, even when you saw him get beat, it was almost like he was so freakish that he could recover. Whether yeah. it was with his arm length, it's with his ability to turn and run down the field and find the football. So. Yeah, I do think the arm length thing is really interesting. Once again, I don't just write guys off when they're mm-hmm. smaller, but there are teams that really will. I mean, you're yeah. just you're no, out. Oh, it's no, as simple as that. Absolutely. So I think a couple other guys I want to bring up measurement side. Noah Igbenogany, he's going to run really, really fast, but also came in with 31, 6 eighths inch arms, 75 inch wingspan. Like that, that's a pretty good length for him as well. I think Noah Igbenogany, the measurables are going to be very good for this kid. Where are you right now with his, you know, his processing? I still see him as a raw cornerback prospect. I do really like him, though. Once again, it's it's how much you value a guy like that. He's probably a third round player. Maybe he could sneak into the second. I think I got to talk to Darius Slayton about him and was like, you know, what was it like going up against him in practice? And and he loved him. You know, he said he's super competitive. He's obviously super athletic. And he said it was just so tough going against him in practice every single day like that. So I think that kind of stuff really does matter. I like the film. A lot, but I think when you're looking at this corner class, he is on the outside looking in when you stack it. I mean, you have Akuda, you have Gladney, you have C.J. Henderson, Fulton, but then you get into the Jalen Johnsons of the world. I yeah. think he's someone that it's probably going top 40, and this not a lot of people are talking about that. a very good cornerback class. Yeah, yeah, I like this it's cornerback It's deep, class. which yeah. is yeah. rare for the NFL draft. And a lot of different types of guys. Yes. The interesting thing about Igman Agni, dude was former wide receiver and, play, and track star at Auburn. He had his his issue is his ball skills. Like I know, he yeah, had yeah. like a wide receiver usually like oh man this guy's gonna like get picks but like he had there's a, a reason they like, moved him yeah, yeah. <laughs> balls just straight rock him in the chest he's not catching like catch point he no, doesn't catch anything he's doing. he yeah. literally doesn't catch anything but yeah. he's good in coverage so yeah. it's yeah. those those kind of guys are frustrating because it really is a coin flip if 
you know, that it'll bounce the other way. Yeah. Will they start catching those in the NFL? Yeah. I tend to not believe so. Mm-hmm. I think one of the best things I was told is, you know, if the ball found them in college, meaning their hands, it'll mm-hmm. find them in the NFL. Yeah. I, I've seen that carry over a lot. Yeah. Where are you right now? We did, a couple names we didn't mention in the cornerback class. Christian Fulton, Cameron Dancer, both had sub-31-inch arms. Where are you with those two prospects? <laughs> I, I like them a lot. I think with Fulton, I was really high on him, and I think he was playing hurt. And, yeah. and you talk no, to a lot of Mike people. Mike says the same thing. He was yeah. definitely playing hurt. Yeah, I talked to a lot of people at LSU. They felt like he was really toughing it out. When you're playing hurt and you're covering Henry Ruggs, you're going to look bad. <laughs> yeah. And I think people need to understand that. So I think when I look at Fulton, I'm still high on him. Yeah, I think yeah. the way I stack the corner classes, Akuda's the easiest number one corner. If someone, if there is someone on Twitter that doesn't have Akuda at number one corner, <laughs> we we found the impossible. I love yeah. him more than you do, though. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, exactly. No, this guy's better than Terrell Reed. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's probably Gladney than Fulton. I'm really not as high as a lot of people on C.J. Henderson right okay. now. I, I don't have him in the first round. I just don't have him as a first round prospect. I can see that. I'd be uh, like, that. Yeah. there's reasons. Have you, have you talked to him at all? Henderson. I have not, and I really, you know, things could change after that. I would like to just ask him a lot of things about you know, I, I his talked mindset to him, I talked this to him year. before the season. I mean, he's a very quiet, humble dude. I yep. asked him like three or four questions about like what he wants to do to get better. He's like, I want to win a championship. He just like, it was like, I want to win. A yeah. championship. He's a very quiet dude. Say he doesn't talk trash, which I don't, I don't buy into with corners, but this guy is very, he doesn't know. Very he, doesn't. Reserved. Yeah, he, does, didn't. He, he does yeah. not, does not talk trash, but I think he had a good way in as well. I, I think I was impressed with him. What about Dancer? Dancer, I like a lot. I think Dancer's the guy you said it already, but he has really good length, and you could see it on film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know a lot of people uh, have highlighted his Jamar Chase game, mm-hmm. essentially, and, and yeah. listen, that matters. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want to see, when we talk about, oh, the SEC guys go against the best competition, well, you want to see them against the best competition. Jamar Chase is like going to be a top five to ten pick next yeah. year and <laughs> Dude, might be lot. rated higher than any wide receiver in this draft. So I think that really matters. Uh, I really like Dantzler. I think, once again, he's tough. He's feisty. You like the length. Uh, I think he'll run good enough for his size. Mm-hmm. So, once again, he's another one in this class like Jalen Johnson where you look at their measurements, you look at their play style, and mm-hmm. the schemes that they adapt to at the next level, those guys are going higher than people think where I think both are cemented in round two when we really didn't hear their name for the first couple months of the season. Dancer came in at 188, which, like, dude I think looked was, like 170. Dude, I was film. big for him. So I was yeah. talking to a guy. He is lanky. I, yeah. I, I was going from a guy, talking to a guy from Mississippi State. He said he showed up at 160 and, like, literally could not put it. Like, they were struggling to get him over, like, 170. But yeah. I think he put on enough weight, maybe drank two gallons of water before he came in. But it was it's see. tricky at corner, though, because if you remember, Sidney Jones tried to do that, and he ended up uh, blowing out his, his Achilles. Achilles. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because they hear it in their heads so much, and the, their staff talks to the, the scouts. Oh, yeah. Like, it's the weight, it's the weight, it's the weight. You can't move the same corner. It's the one position where it's not like, hey, just gains. We've seen so many guys come in, receivers yeah. and defensive linemen and edge players come into this combine, and you're like, whoa, they are 20 pounds heavier yeah. from two months at Exos yeah. or whatever it is. At corner, you just you can't do that. So I'm I'm I think 188 is the tops for dancing. Yeah, I really yeah, I, I don't think he should, yeah I would not encourage him to go more. One more measurement I want to bring up, and this one just, I found really really absurd. Longest arms, longest biggest wingspan and biggest hands of the defensive backs was Kyle Duggar, six foot one, two seventeen, over ten inch hands, thirty three inch arms. And uh, 78 inch wingspan. That guy has it's some like, ridiculous wings. I mean, this guy is, again, another one of those guys where built in the lab in a sense that, like, and, and Mike brought it up recently, like, you don't stand out at Lenore Ryan for your instincts. You stand out because yeah. you're a monster yeah, you're in best, some way. Yeah, exactly. And I think best Kyle, athlete on the field. Where are you with Kyle Duggar right now? I do. I Listen, the Senior Bowl is where we got a little preview of all the yeah, measurements yeah, yeah. you just said. And then my biggest question was because you watch the Lenore Ryan film and you're like, okay, <laughs> this is a D1 player exactly. just, do do? that doesn't belong on this field. Like, this is, it's, it's, it's almost like laugh out loud funny when you're watching it, but you're like, let's see him against the top competition. 
I love the way he ran with the tight ends and running yes. backs at the Senior Bowl. That's the and most that's important a hard thing drill to me. Win. I was saying this as a senior. Like that drill is very so, difficult. Funny right? story about that drill. Uh, a lot of agents we talk to do not want their guys. You know, they they want them going to the Senior Bowl. That's the one drill. If they're a linebacker. They said you are built to fail yes. at the Senior Bowl yeah. because that, of that drill. That so. drill, like you, I didn't see a single linebacker have like. Consistently good wins. Like there was no. a couple handful of good Even nice Davis Gaither. Like, like you watch Evan. Well, because you're flat footed, and the guy could go fucking anywhere <laughs> yeah, yeah. on you. It's, it's like ridiculous. That's not, that's not a normal. Like, no. but Duggar did well. Yeah, yeah Duggar did. I, you watch Evan Weaver though. Like Evan Weaver's losses yes. in that drill. It's like, oh my gosh, you do not want this on tape. You're yeah. losing. It's a losing. Yeah, battle. there's two guys that would do well in that drill, and, and one was Duggar, who mm-hmm. did really well. Yeah, yeah. And that's the reason I do like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I the fir- it's gotten a little crazy, right? Yeah, I think yeah. we started out as like. Hey, there's this small school kid that's going to get drafted. He's great, and then it's like, no, Kyle Duggar, like day two, like this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Kyle Duggar is definitely going in the second round. Now it's like he could sink into the first. I like him more than and you. It, and yeah. it's like, it's like okay. Kyle Duggar's not one player on my board. Right <laughs> like <now>. so, <laughs> but uh, him and Patrick Queen, if he was there, Patrick Queen's oh, the guy yeah. that can run with anyone. Oh yeah, so. Patrick Queen said he wants to run in the four threes. I was talking to him earlier today, and him and Willie Gay are close. Have you okay. watched a lot of Willie Gay? That guy can fly. Uh, not yet. No, the Mississippi State off ball linebacker encouraged it. He got suspended this year. Cheated on a chemistry test. Talked to him a little bit about. It. He's got some off field that you're going to have to dive into, but can fly. He said he wants to run in the four threes as well. Him and Patrick have raced a bit. I think Queen beats him out, but both of those guys could run low four fours at linebacker. Like these, both those guys are very impressive. Yeah, Qu- Queen is the Deion Jones mold in, mm-hmm. in that terms of the speed, the coverage ability, and I mean, what a rise for him. The school didn't think he was going to declare. He, he re- I know a lot of people are saying he blew up at the national championship game, but he mm-hmm. had a really good stretch run before yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah. I, I don't blame him for leaving at all. You know what I was really impressed with, too, at, at, at just at the interviews? And Julian Aquara is someone that I know oh, Mike and PFF is very high on because he's going to test similar to Chase on, but he's not getting the hype that Chase on. Oh, he's he, freakish. Yeah, he, like, he's dude, been hurt. Yeah, he's yeah. been hurt. He's a freak. But he also has a great presence about him. I think he's very, very smart. And when you're looking at these projects, he's got not, not projects, but like upside guys that have all these tools but probably need polish. Being smart and being like understanding like how you need to get better and what you need to do to get better is like a big part of that because it's one thing it's to huge. like have all these tools but not necessarily have like enough stuff between the ears to like Chikai actually Polite. make. Yeah. Oh fuck! <laughs> Hello, I mean this that's Exhibit A. Yeah, yeah, it is. It really is. But I mean, Arden I, Key, like no, that's an, exactly like <laughs> like you talk to these you do guys this all day. Yeah, I mean, I I talked to Preston Williams. I mean, Preston Williams, another he's got a lot of tools, and you talk to him like I don't know how much better this guy can get. Yep. you know, I asked him. Before the draft, I asked yeah, him before the, the draft, and I was like, uh, "You know, what do you need to get better?" He's like, "Honestly, I'm already pretty good." And I'm like, Are you "Serious? <laughs> like, I don't even know if you're gonna get dr- anyway." But like, let's not bag on these guys. But um, you love yeah, that. <laughs> I really did. I really did like Julian Aquara. Let's uh, let's pay for though. Who wins this week in your mind? You got to pick some winners. Dude, this is a Ooh, tough question. Man, yeah. it is I tough because I, I will strictly follow the don't count it twice rule. Like be, unless yeah, no, Ru- unless Rugs breaks the record, Rugs does not win because I know Rugs is fast. Yeah, and that's why Rugs is a top fifteen player for me right now or yeah. whatever it is. So oh man, that's a really really tough my one. Guy, my guy right now, to give you some more time to think, I think is Willie Gay. I think I, I really do think he's going to come because no one's really talking about him. I've right heard now. the speed and that's no, it. Yeah, I need yeah, to watch him. Yeah, yeah. We, like no one's talking about right now. He's going to run fast. I don't think he's going to break 4-3. He's going to run fast, and that'll get people turning. He doesn't have a lot of tape suspended for the chemistry test, but I do think you're going to the tape you can find uh, uh, will be good. Dude, straight uh, up at Notre Dame, they kick guys out of school for cheating. Mississippi oh, State. Yeah, yeah different it's than the SEC. I asked him just why. Just get a little suspension I asked slept him why, too. And I don't know why I asked him why. You know why you cheat on the chemistry test. Like, honestly, I was just trying to get, get through a hard class. I was like, yeah. dude, I, I mean, same. I mean, I've been there, but yeah, it's funny. I, mean, I dropped or, how much or, organic chemistry back in the day. Yeah, I would have made it through <laughs> that. Uh, Gladney, as you said, that weigh-in, knowing that weigh-in number and yeah. knowing what he'll run at, yeah. that's huge. Yeah. That's yeah. a win for a guy like him because – he doesn't get the same love as like Fulton and Henderson, probably because of where he plays. He has really, really good film. 
a lot of people have forgotten about Keyshawn Vaughn, mm-hmm. and, and Vaughn's oh, yeah. somebody that should run very, very well here. Uh, I do think he'll interview very, very well here. So it comes he came down in heavier here. Yeah, he what came he, back up to 215. Yes. So he was 205 at the senior bowl. Which is a great size oh, wow. for him. Which is what he should be. Like, he's listed at 219 at Vanderbilt, and he comes in 205. I'm like, it's a different back altogether than 205. Like, I know, because a, when you're 205 at, at his play style, you're looking at a third down pass catcher. Exactly. And when you're 215, a lot of teams are like, oh, no, we want him to be like our explosive players. Yeah. He can handle half the workload kind of guy. What about so, J.J. Taylor at 5'5"? Five five, <laughs> dude, I love him. Dude, he's awesome. For what awesome. he is. He's, he, his, I mean, we always, we always make fun of fun to watch on the yeah. 2 Drafts podcast because, like, like draft football, you, you, you just know? always say like, "Oh yeah, it's not a take." If you don't no, have no, a good, it's just like yeah. if you don't have it's nothing. Yeah. If you don't have a good take on a player, you're like, "Oh, he's fun to watch." It's like you can't lose with that one. But anyway, yeah. JJ Taylor, fun to watch. I mean, that guy, <laughs> that guy's awesome to watch on the football. So two field. years ago, because I'm going to tie this into somebody else, I'm looking forward to watching mm-hmm. here. Um, it, two years ago, don't ask me why. I was, at, I could tell you why, but I was at Arizona UCLA, okay, and uh, which is a long trip. I'm I'm from New York, so okay. I was there because I was helping Bleacher Report out during the day. It was LeBron's Lakers debut. Okay. So I was just like helping out for like an hour down with them. And I was like, oh, this is great. I'll get out to L.A. for work and I'll go up and more importantly, catch the game. Because whenever I can go to the Rose Bowl, yeah. I go. It's yeah. amazing. That's awesome. And now at the time, it's like, well, who the hell am I going to watch? So J.J. Taylor has this crazy like 80 yard outside run. He's flying. And Darnay Holmes chased him all oh, the way down the, the field the and yeah, got, him at the, yes. got him at the half yard line and made him fumble. So I want to see Darnay Holmes run because oh, he's, he's going to be fast. He's oh. small. He's a nickel guy. He's really fast. Uh, I mean, once again, character through the roof. Mm-hmm. I know some people at UCLA that were like, this kid lives it. He'll only get better. He doesn't care how small he is. Yeah. Really, really rooting for Darnay Holmes here. I think he'll have a really good week. But have you heard that story with Darnay? He said he told the UCLA coaches that were recruiting him. He was saying, hey, I'm in and out here. I'm going to graduate in like two and a half, three years, and I'm gone. Like, I'm going to the pros as quickly as possible to help my family and all this. And he got it done. Like, this yeah. guy. Gradu- very, yeah, he went to Seattle because yeah, he graduated. Yeah, yeah, very smart kid. Also, like, I, I love I love his game on the field, like how he talks trash, how he kind of gets in people's heads. He came in under 30-inch arms, smaller dude. Oh, he's yes, tiny. He's, he's going to play slot the next level. But you watch some of the tape at the Senior Bowl where he's playing, like, some curl flat in the slot. And it's like, this guy's juice shows up when he's trying to make breaks on balls. And I, I think Darnay... Day two, maybe maybe falls to day three. We'll see where he tests. But, like, Darnay is a guy I really like in this class. Yeah, and with so many teams, I mean, every team running base nickel, essentially, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right now. Like, yeah. you're drafting, you know, you're drafting nickels a you're drafting a in the second and third round. Like, no matter what you thought of Byron Murphy last year, who I really liked and thought could play on the outside, even if you valued him as a nickel, he's so valuable because yep. of how good he is. So I think that's something that's really important to know is we, right, we've, you we've know, done stack some, that class. I, uh, Eric Eager and George Chahuri, not sure if you've met them, but data scientists at PFF, they've done some work on valuing targets at outside corner and slot corner and like what has more value for the offense. It's it's very close, if not equal. And like with that being said, like slot cornerbacks and slot receivers are very valuable if you yeah. can find guys that can add, you know, add above expectation sure. at those positions. I think Darnay is is one of those guys. Yeah, I think, listen, number one, I like the controversy that those guys create. I always see oh, people dude, fighting dude. with them, and I stay far out of it, but I just... George loves that. Like, I, I think mean, they took on the Packers this year. Yes. Right? They yeah. took Aaron Nagler and the Packers. They took just... on hashtag, hashtag Go Pack Go, um, which is great. You don't want to get into but that. But <laughs> back to the more important part is the stats of that. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's really interesting. I think we see some offenses funneling through the slot. I mm-hmm. mean... You saw a couple of slot guys get paid pretty good contracts last yeah. year. Mm-hmm. I know the Titans paid uh, Humphreys pretty well. The Jets paid Jamison Crowder pretty well. Mm-hmm. And now you're seeing it on the flip side of Cold the slot thing. corners getting paid well. Yeah. So it does really matter. I'm interested in seeing how 
teams incorporate the big slots going forward because we've had the big this, slot receivers. Yeah, yeah, we've awesome had mom. you know we've had oh, this oh, thought <laughs> for a while of just uh, oh, man. <laughs> oh man, this is a fun show. I'll, definitely, <laughs> I'll, I'll come back for the third time's a charm. Here we go. You, Here we whenever go. you need me. Big but, slots. Um, Get back to the big slots. Yeah, I mean, I mean, someone like uh, Jerry Judy would be considered a big slot, but you can kill a defense with Jerry Judy in the slot. So it's yeah. not a criticism. It just goes to show you the value of the nickel corner. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, like, I, I say, like, just the slot guy is not a thing anymore. No, like, that's just, so it, dumb. It, it, dude, I hate that. The dude can start in the slot and add value there. Like, you're going to win with him. And I remember, it was I was early, maybe I was early on this, but, like, I remember when... Um, when no one when, was earlier when, than me. <laughs> yeah, no, <it's laughs> no one was earlier. Than, but Amari Cooper, when he was, like, they were talking about whether he wanted to get extended or trade, and he's like, would you, like, actually pay, like, a guy that, like, would just play in the slot? Because I was always saying like he, he plays very well in the slot and he was recording but like i was saying like dude if you play in the slot and you get yards in the slot like it doesn't matter like i don't really care where can you, offense where can you get that production but uh let's go ahead and get back to maybe some guys that you're lower on that uh it, maybe not here at the combine but yeah, lower trash on them, dudes let's go yeah, like, lower right. on then lower on than others lower no no others. it's yeah. about that time uh <laughs> I, I i think not my mom please I, <laughs> <laughs> she really got trash last night. oh man I guess C.J. Henderson because I've seen him as a first-round lock across the board, and I, I, this isn't a rant about he needs to tackle. That's not what this is. Good. Thank God. I don't think he's been a first-round player in coverage for okay. not just this year but for two years. I think it's been a little up and down. I think a lot of people love the athlete, and I don't know if they love the player, and yeah. there's a really big difference with that. And yeah. We all fall forward at corner all the time, and that's why corner, I mean, you see the ups and downs, the misses of it. So with Henderson – you know, I, am I confident that the athlete will become a really, really good player? Not as much as the guys I said before, which is obviously Kuda. That's, you know, no sci- brainiac needs yeah, to yeah. tell you that. Mm-hmm. But I like Gladney a lot better. I think he plays the position better. I think Fulton, when he was healthy, played the position better, which mm-hmm. I know a lot of people listening to this that are maybe Florida fans or something are probably pulling their hair out because oh, like, yeah. I saw Fulton get torched this <laughs> year. You're taking but, on Florida fans right now. Hard. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a dangerous game to play. I, I think with Mekhi Becton, I, w- I was cool with it when it was like, okay, he's a first-round player now. Because I had him in the second round in, like, October, and I was like, man, traits galore. He's big. He, he's, he moves way better than you expect. You turn the tape, and you're like, all right, he's 370, 67. He's going to lumber around. It's like, no, he moves really well. But then when you see him in, like, you know, like, DJ was the first one to set the world on fire. DJ had him yeah, in the top exactly. five of yeah. the mock draft, yeah. and I was like, whoa. I don't think this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. But if it did, it's gonna happen. I can't. I can't take him over Jedrick Wills. Same. That's you know, the we're, we're on the yeah, same. That's I, you're the, the first person we've talked to that has a similar take. I mean, on it's not acting. like it's. I think you'd be insane yeah, to yeah. take him over Jedrick Wills. Oh, I think Dave Gettleman's going to trade up for him. Like that's <laughs> yeah. like he, Dave Gettleman's <laughs> number guy, one six seven three seven. We, and we he's like, to, how do I get him earlier? Like we talked to Daniel Jeremiah. I think it was like the day he did drop that mock, and yeah. we were at the Senior Bowl, and it was like he, you know, we were like, how, why, what? Yeah. And he's like, he's saying NFL teams like. You know, there's only a handful of people sure. in the world that yeah. show up at this size. And he said, you could have a good day of practice, a bad day of practice. You're still six foot seven, fucking 340 pounds, wherever he is. But still, you're one of the first guys that has a similar take. He's not super high on our board. I think he's offensive tackle five. Like we have. Okay. Him I have him bit. fourth okay. and I have him, I think, 20. 20- Eighth overall, twenty fifth overall, and, and we were, you know, that that thing we could show you, like that ultimate they were going to. You can look at like true pass sets, remove play action, remove screens, remove like. Oh, like, there are like, not, there are not many. And, and, and there's not a lot. It's like seventy three so, or what? Is it seventy two? And he had the lowest grade of all the top tackles on those. Allowed like eight pressures on seventy two. It's like, like when you actually look at him as a true pass protector, he's not super productive. And I agree. Bad production in PFF, like it's hard to get on board. Yeah, I talked to his guy who's coaching him or the guy who's training him. Oh, really? Coach last night. Nice. Don't remember what I said, but I just. Oh. 
Oh, that's just, that on, happened. Mike? I'm just saying it happened. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I know he's with uh, Duke Manweather. Yeah, that's not yep. Duke last night. Yep. So and you I don't remember anything. Don't remember I appreciate it. you coming. Don't remember what I said. I, yeah, I respect that. I hope I have one of those stories for uh, tomorrow. <laughs> the shows I do tomorrow. But with Becton, listen. I, do I love you know everything there? The size. He's got really light feet for that size. Yes, of course. But once again, there's just better players in this class. Yes. Like, Jedrick Wills is in his own tier for me, mm-hmm. but I think Worfs is really, really good. I know Andrew Thomas isn't the perfect prospect, but I really like him. Yeah. I think he's a really good player. Yeah, yeah. And in a lot of different ways. I think he's very smart. I think he's a good run blocker. Uh, I think sometimes, you know, people look at the sacks he gave up. There's times where Fromm doesn't do him any favors. Fromm, Fromm I was going to say that, that Caleb on chase on Force Fumble was like straight up not on Andrew Thomas. No. You know, like that. He but everybody yeah, will go, oh, yeah. that's my top 12 pick. Like, come on. Like, yeah, you can't no. take that guy. Uh, so you guys have Josh Jones over him. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, we like Josh I, Jones a lot. Yeah, like Josh, Josh Jones is very impressive. Very impressive player. Uh, the Senior Bowl was really the first time I got to like, you know, open my eyes soon. Like, Todd oh. McShay, too. Yeah, I was going to say, you and McShay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait, what did he say? <laughs> Todd McShay. He had him as this, like, 230th player before the Senior Bowl and then oh, 18th player I, tell, after Tell the him the, Senior the story. Bowl. Oh, I came up to him. I, I don't want to tell him to get on the pod, but I'll tell him to get on the pod. I came up to him at a bar at, like, 2 a.m., and he's, like, pretty black. Like, he's, like, <laughs> sloppy-looking black. And I, and I come up to him, like, hey, man, what's up, Mike Brenner? It's great to meet you. Uh, what do you think Josh Jones this week? <laughs> And he's like, are we really going to do this right here? Oh, like, no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you're, you're a savage. Yeah. I'm glad I'm, <laughs> that was a savage. I'm glad I'm friends with you guys. <laughs> like, you, you haven't, like, set me up yet. On the, no, and no. I also, Wait, just you. I know. I, I, I'll tell it how it is. Like, you know, for my job, um, which is, in a funny way, part draft analyst, part entertainment, I travel during the season. So this like, is just entertainment. This so, is and this, exactly. Not, this yeah. is not draft at all. This is the yeah. entertainment side. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not watching Houston besides the Oklahoma game. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I watched that and I was like, "Sam, for can you curse and, on the spot? No, and, and, I won't. Yes. Um, no, 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 no. You yeah, can, yeah, you can, yeah, you can. Oh, okay. Brady Quinn asked that yesterday, and we're like, Get, "Fuck that." Yeah, I mean, but well, now I, I now I blew it, and it's not cool anymore. I'm like the guy trying to curse, but like, <laughs> yeah, uh, that game was very impressive. Yeah, very impressive. And, and, and I was like, I'll, I'll go back to him at the end of the season. <laughs> then when he's on this, so I do this thing where if there's a player that's not like pressing, and he was, I just blew it on the Senior Bowl, but pressing to watch, like I watch him in the Senior Bowl. Yeah, because like there's only so much time in the day. But now I wish I did because he's way better than I thought. I think what, what and like the, the amount of people that want to be like, oh, you got to be first on a guy is like, it's gotten wild. Okay. Yeah, Twitter is like being really first on a guy is stupid as shit. Like, it's rough. You just want to have like. When I you honestly, do watch them. You want to be like right on the guy. It's actually more right. That's more being important. right is better than being first. And I think with guys like Tom McShay, like even like what you're saying, like it's it's very difficult to watch all those guys. Like Tom McShay is asked to do so he, much. He more travels. At yeah. Yeah. And like we were talking to Daniel Jeremiah, and he's like, dude, they have me calling Chargers games. Like I don't yeah, have time. Yeah. I don't have time to watch all these guys. So I can't really. I mean, I can't really blame him. It was a funny story, but I mean, Tom McShay is still a great dude. I, I mean, I'd play beer pong with him again that's, if we had. To. Have great. I told the Tom McShay story about my brother on the pod? Uh, I don't know. Do you have? Do is the pod ready for another McShay story? <laughs> yeah. All right, one like, more McShay story. <laughs> so Tom McShay, my brother, is in, uh, used to live in Orlando. And this was a decade ago. It's so like 08 maybe. Uh, no, no, it was like 2012 actually. So it was like 2012. He's across the street at a bar. He sees Todd McShay just like a ways away across the street. And he says to his buddy next to him, he's like, yo, is that Todd McShay? And Todd's like, hey, what's up? Yeah, what's up, guy? <laughs> like, yeah, like, <laughs> it is like me. Wait, waiting for someone to be like, is that Todd McShay? <laughs> he's super excited. Yeah. Nothing Speaking, like getting recognized. So, some names that came to mind. I right? will say, like, I would do the exact same thing right now. So, like, is I'm, that I'm my like, hey. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> Come here. I'll take a picture. I'll sign yeah. whatever you want. You, you won't remember it. Well, like, I want to take a picture with you if you guys yeah, don't want to yeah. take a picture. I'll post it. I'll tag you. Yeah. Speaking of not double counting, I think Jedrick Wills is going to light this combine on fire. Sure. Good you, you see that on his tape, but I think 
I don't think this counts as double count. I know Jalen Rager's going to run fast, but doing it, at, I think he got up to 206 pounds. And oh. If he runs close to what Henry Ruggs did, like, that's not double count. Like, this guy beefed up and is still a flyer. Like, I, I think that's going to be impressive count. But we don't know yet. But he we could don't. be. Yeah. I, think he's, I think he could be. I yeah. think he if he be. goes 4.35 at what he weighed in at, I'd be really impressed. Exactly. He's like That's... almost 20 pounds heavier than Henry Ruggs, but it's going to be close. Like, and he, I mean, yeah, him and like, Hamler are strong. It's oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah. Hamler put up, like, what, 13 reps on the day? Yeah, and he was, I heard he was, like, pissed awesome. about it. Yeah, yeah. Just he hilarious. Screamed, uh, like, yeah. You, did, you did enough. Like, <laughs> we don't say the F word on pod. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's um, a no-go. Well, we really appreciate you having on, man. We have to get you on. You're a friend of the pod. Third time's a charm. Maybe maybe later this week. Yeah, I can come back. I can curse. I could I could be the entertaining guy, not the draft guy anymore. Bring a McShay story or bust. That's all I'm I'm gonna, I'm yeah. gonna find Five it. Five times, nights. I'm fine. Like, just him. like rip him a new one, and then we'll get a good one. For Great man, thanks again. Yeah. Thanks, guys.